got a W. W. What do we have? A W. A W. A W. Yeah. Uh, welcome to Shlomo and the Semi Pro. We are back a little quicker than usual. Yeah, we're going kind of on a short week here. We took some time off there during the buy and decided we were going to make uh, some small adjustments and. We want to come at you with a little bit uh, different style here, a little bit shorter on our, our times as we were getting well over an hour. And so we're kind of switching things up. We're going to talk some Viking uh, post game, mm-hmm. uh, you know, day of the game here. So we're recording this on Sunday, you know, as the Sunday night football game is going on. Um, but kind of fun. We get a get a quicker one here and hopefully just uh, talk all Vikings football for a little bit and get you on your way to enjoy the week nice uh you know similar to how the vikings have made mid-season adjustments we are making mid-season adjustments and uh going with a little two-week game style so again we don't want to overwhelm you with content because we have uh some may argue too much sports knowledge and so we can babble for hours and hours when it comes to just one episode a week so we're going to the two epi format from now on so we'll see how this goes Luckily for us, we get to talk massive Vikings win today. Pretty dominating, specifically on the rushing front. Uh, Dalvin Cook has missed his, he's missed basically a full game and is now the leading NFL rusher with hands down. Uh, I think he has the most touchdowns by a good margin as well. Yeah. He, another outstanding game. Uh, quick, kind of fun stat for Dalvin here. So, uh, on the day, Dalvin had 22 carries, 206 yards, and two scores. And then through the air, he had two receptions for 46. And both of those receptions, he just made a guy miss, got huge first downs at the time. Uh, so Cousins really looking his way on those those uh, third down and long uh, spots. But for the second week in a row, Dalvin Cook finishes with over 225 scrimmage yards so this is from jeff kerr with cbs sports he says cook finished with a 225 plus scrimmage yards and two plus rush touchdowns in consecutive games joining two running backs one from 2003 deuce mcallister and in 1963 hall of famer jim brown also did that uh two games in a row 225 plus yards He also, with his 12th touchdown uh, through seven games, a rushing touchdown, he joins Priest Holmes and Sean Alexander as the only players to reach that mark through seven games this century. Going off of that, I believe for those people who played fantasy football back then, when we were in middle school or high school, those specific years I remember because anyone who had Sean Alexander or Priest Holmes automatically won their league. They were cheat code. And so with Dalvin putting up those type of numbers in only the limited time that he's had this season is is absolutely phenomenal. Uh, Do you think he can, with the softer schedule coming up from a quarterback standpoint, not necessarily a team team record standpoint, do you think he can continue with that just extraordinary pace? You know, I think he can. Um, He's such a special player. Mm -hmm. And what he's doing is, yes, the the vast majority of his yards right now are coming on the ground, mm-hmm. but that's not to say that he can't do this out of the backfield. Even if he were to get, True. let's say, 125 yards on the ground, he could easily have 80 to 90 yards through the air. Uh, 
those checkdowns, uh, you know, he'll kind of spot up and run a, a quick out route. Um, those little deals where he just gets the ball in space and Cousins gives him the opportunity to get the ball in space, he makes guys miss. And him getting 12 yards looks so easy when he does it through the air because it's one guy that he makes a nice move on. Boom. No one else is around. Um, and he gets an easy first down on some of those plays. So, yes, I think this – I don't know if the pace of 200 yards rushing Little can continue, extreme. right? Yeah. That's that's a big, big week. Yeah. Um, but I I do think he can be plus 150, 175 yards, uh, you know, scrimmage yards there pretty consistently, especially when he is now, as it seems to be, the Vikes are turning for him to be kind of the cornerstone of this offense rather than having the ball in Cousins' hand as much. Do you think how much do you think? So I noticed when you put Ezra in there, obviously taking a risk, not necessarily a risk because Drew Smee was playing so poorly that I don't think it could have gotten much worse than him. But right. I mean, Ezra was a tackle in college, and moving him inside, I don't know how much of an adjustment that is, especially for a rookie. I'm assuming it's quite a bit. Um, Ezra looks super comfortable, especially on the interior. How much is it from from a center standpoint? Um, I've heard Bradbury is obviously looking much better, but having trust, having a trust, um, in your guard play, go, obviously you have your tackles reef and, um, O'Neal, O'Neal, thank you on the right-hand side, kind of the staples of the O-line Then you have Bradbury in a second year. How much as, how much freedom does that give Bradbury or just like kind of the weight off his shoulders to be like, Hey, the guy next to me, I do not trust a, AKA Samia. Now he has a guy like Ezra who's played decent in his first few games some may say he plays played pretty damn well for a rookie in the run game I feel like Bradbury has to be he's just playing kind of more definitely more freely now yeah absolutely so that I mean the center really is the quarterback of that offensive line and and all of the the online calls are going to come from the center Mm-hmm. Uh, and there are times when now you'll, you know, if you're, if you're in a pass blocker or run block and you have a double team, you know, your tackle and guard are going to communicate. But when it comes to, you know, adjusting your strengths, uh, if you have to make a, an adjustment within, uh, your, your, um, your blocking scheme, whatever it might sure. be, that's going to come out of the center and their communication. And so when there's already so much going on, it now is, more than anything, it's just one less thing to have to think about that I've got maybe a liability to my left or my right, where I might have to shade one way or, or get that hand up a little bit sooner uh, or take a step in that direction. And so when he doesn't have to do any of that mm-hmm. uh, and he begins to build that trust, uh, that's where he, like you said, can play so much more freely. Mm-hmm. And this is why it becomes so difficult for offensive lines to mesh when you just kind of throw pieces in there. Correct. So if you have a depleted offensive line, I think you look back a couple of weeks um, with, with the Oakland Raiders when they had that due to all of the, the COVID uh, issues they ran into, mm-hmm. the offensive line play is not cohesive and they start to get gaps in, in their schemes, uh, in their pass protections, their run blocking. And the Vikings, you saw that early on when Samia was such a liability guys were having to kind of cover his ass essentially. Mm -hmm. And they had to move around and do things a little bit differently. But now that you have Ezra playing at, you know, a a really solid level for a guy that played tackle and moving to guard, 
what that does is it creates that cohesion. And now the more that this group plays together, the more trust that Ezra is going to have in Brian O'Neill, mm-hmm. in Garrett Bradbury. He'll know that when he comes over and blocks with Samia, if he's on a pole, mm-hmm. he knows that Samia is going to do a good job of, or pardon me, Dozier, um, Dozier pardon me. Dakota, yep. um, when he gets over, then, then Dozier is going to do a good job of uh, sealing his guy off. You know, it's sure. all of those those intricacies that you don't see from just a a basic level of watching that. Mm -hmm. But, and I'm still getting better at trying to understand offensive line play more and more. Mm -hmm. But as you begin to develop the understanding of that, there is so much more that goes into that blocking. Correct. And that trust is, is massive as a, as a component within there. And I'm assuming based off what you just said, um, and you kind of see it with the best O lines in the NFL communication and chemistry are at the top of the importance list when it comes to just all five of your offensive linemen and the guys who the mostly the offensive lines who have new pieces in there do not do well at first. Cause like you said, the uh, just the chemistry and knowing where other guys will be and the trustworthiness is not there. So it takes time, which again leads me to the fact that we didn't have a preseason. Yep. So again, everything was on the fly. And we've talked about this before relating it to golf. It literally is like getting to the course right before your tee time and not having the ability to hit a couple putts on the putting green or go to the driving range and hit a few practice balls and get some swings in. You're going in just running up to the uh, first tee and swinging. And that's kind of what at least the young guys and the rookies on the team had to do specifically with no preseason. You can obviously you can scrimmage in the off season during training camp, blah, blah, blah. But until you have that real in-game feel, you're never going to see that NFL speed until you're actually in it. So that's what I think specifically the Vikings and the younger teams um, obviously did not benefit from the no preseason. But, hey, at least we do have football. Um, and we're kind of hitting our stride right now. And we look phenomenal, especially, like you said, we're. would you say running versus passing offensive linemen prefer? I mean, it probably depends, but from a schematic communication standpoint, is running the ball a titch easier than pass protection? I don't think it's necessarily easier mm-hmm. uh, than the other. Some offensive linemen are going to be better in pass protection. Some are going to be better in the run. Um, what what running does, uh, offensive linemen, they want to be the enforcer. Sure. Uh, when they're not being the enforcer, uh, it's it can change the confidence in their game and, and what they're what they're doing to approach it. So if you're doing a ton of pass protecting, when you're doing a pass set, if you're doing a more of a drop back pass set, you're inviting your rusher to come upfield. You're you creating separation to yep. start, mm-hmm. uh, which allows you then to have more zone to to your ground to cover as a, as a result because of that and. And so when you're inviting that rusher to come in, you're not enforcing anything. Sure. Um, you're, you're not, you're not passive. I don't want to use that. That's not the right word, but you're not going downhill. You're not road grading, Correct. you know, putting your nose into it. So when offensive linemen are able to establish the run, they are able to now just go downhill and they make the hits. They mm-hmm. make the first contact. They dictate where that guy is going to go. Mm-hmm. And, that's what offensive linemen love is they want to be up in your grill, get their hands on you, be able to move you off of the ball. Uh, and when you can establish that early and you can rely on that, 
that then instills a lot more confidence where I've handled this guy three, four, five, six, ten rushes in a row. Now when he comes up field on a pass rush, I know I can get my hands on him. And you just approach it a little bit differently with more confidence when you can do that. So that's more what they – when you hear offensive linemen really favoring you know, running the ball, all they're looking at is they want to go downhill. They want to get their hands on that D lineman first. Yeah, and uh, I've I heard I think a while ago I don't know if it was uh, Gary Kubiak or another brilliant offensive uh, mind say that it's very important to establish the run early in a game, not only obviously for just different offensive schemes to hopefully then benefit from that, but to really get the offensive linemen involved. And so, like you said, to have them hit a couple people and to go downhill versus, like you said, back up and wait for another massive human being to hit them in the chest, running the ball really gets them involved and really gets the physicality there uh, to start the game. So, um, but on both, I mean, whether it was running or passing today, I thought our offensive line played really well. The Detroit Lions total today got two QB hits on Kirk and only one sack compared to our defensive line getting seven QB hits on Matt Stafford, and then two total sacks throughout the game. Um, fun fact, so Matt Stafford, uh, unfortunately, did get injured today. Chase Daniel took his place through a beautiful interception to Harrison Smith, I believe. <laughs> uh, do you know how many touchdowns Chase Daniel has thrown in his career? He has been playing a while. So here's, here's I, I don't know how many touchdowns he's thrown, but Chase Daniel in his career has made $37 million. That's where I'm going with this. Correct. He has thrown seven touchdown passes. Oh, my goodness. And has uh, made just a small bank account of $37 million. So wow. bravo to Chase Daniel. Just really ride in that as the backup QB job. I mean, it's yep. got to be just sitting, in the, sitting on the bench waiting for your name to be called and racking up those checks. So bravo to Mr. Daniel. Uh, anything, I mean, the run game was so solid. Like it seemed like I was watching the game and it was so fun to see Dalvin. First of all, Dalvin looks so happy yeah. when he's running well. And it's yep. really, really fun to watch. Not only were the, I mean, lanes massive for him today, but he just made, oh, I mean, it's beautiful to watch him run the ball. It really seemed like if he didn't gain a first down, he was disappointed. Like I almost, when watching the game, I was like, almost, it was like a guarantee that he was not going to get touched for at least five yards because of our great O-line play. And then he's going to make somebody miss. So if it was eight yards or less, it was like not a good run for him. Well, Dalvin Cook on the day was 22 carries for 206 yards. So he's averaging 9.4 yards per carry. So if he wasn't getting a first down, yeah, he was going under his average. So he was playing subpar football for him today. And and so that's why he was so disappointed is he knew that he could get those yards. And yes, a 70-yard run is going to skew those those averages. Um, I understand that. And so, I, you know, I, I know that, you know, the 9.4, that's, that's a little bit uh, misleading there. But even without that, he was averaging about five or so, six yards per carry. And so if he was not getting six, seven, eight yards, you know, in a rush, he was going to be upset with himself because he truly believes – that he can make any player on that opposing team miss him, which he showed continually throughout the game. Mm-hmm. But you're right. You and I were texting, and he just looks like he's having fun out there. Absolutely. And, and I think that is the biggest thing for Dalvin Cook. Uh, when he's having fun, he is a an outstanding player to watch. He's super explosive. Uh, K-Fan after the game was talking a little bit about where Dalvin Cook 
falls within the, you know, the tiers of running backs. Yep. And I have a very hard time right now not putting Dalvin Cook at the top of all running backs in the NFL. Uh, just based off of his play this year, he's obviously had some injuries in the past that have uh, hindered his game and, and, and caused him to miss games uh, as well. But this year with the amount of rushing yards that he has on top of his ability to play in the receiving game, I, I don't know how he's not in that top tier. I don't know how he's not number one. I think the Vikings even put out on Twitter uh, something that said Dalvin Cook is a top two running back in the league, and he's not number two. <laughs> I like that a lot. The So because of him and obviously that rushing average, our scoring drive efficiencies today were, were superb. Okay, So Dalvin Cook, five-yard run. That entire drive, five plays, 67 yards. Next scoring possession, Irv Smith, nine-yard pass, five plays, 64 yards. I feel like any longer drive that goes less than 10 plays is incredibly efficient. You're either you're either having great averages per play or you obviously have a massive, um, whether it's a bust in coverage or just an electric offensive play, you just bust one for a, a massive gain. Um, but we had the on the Amir Abdullah 22-yard screen pass that was six plays for 87 yards. That was a phenomenal drive. So from an efficiency standpoint, uh, bravo to Kubiak and the offensive minds really getting a hold on, kind of recognizing what your strengths are and giving it to the hot hand, which is Dalvin right now, and just making it. It was it was beautiful. It was just like kind of watching a composer in his orchestra. Just it was awesome to watch. Not a really bad play all day. You took the ball out of Kirk's hands, which is interesting to see for sure. Uh, Mr. Cousins completed 13 passes today for 220 yards. Again, talk about efficiency, um, but he, he did spread it around, but nothing insane from Kirk today, I don't think. I mean, he he made the plays he should have made. He didn't make any horrible mistakes, but we didn't really put him in a position, a risky position at all, and we didn't ask him to do anything uh, kind of out of his realm. No, and, and that's we're seeing that transition, and I alluded to it a little bit earlier, seeing that transition from Dalvin Cook being the cornerstone uh, and not needing Kirk to do a lot. I think you look at last week as a good starting point for this, where Dalvin Cook really took over that game. However, in, in last week's game, Dalvin Cook rushed the ball 30 times for 163 yards. So he had eight less rushes today. Uh, than he did last week. And part of that is they really had to grind out their yards last week against the Green Bay Packers. Drive one was a 10-play 73-yard um, drive where they scored. Their next scoring drive was 12 plays for 67 yards. In the third quarter, they had a 10-play a drive for 85 yards, and then they had that 50-yard screen pass to Delvin, so an explosive play. Whereas this week they had a lot more explosive plays and I thought it was really interesting. Kevin Harlan pointed this out during the broadcast. Um, on the first drive where we got a 22-yard completion to Kyle Rudolph on a play-action pass, Kirk Cousins had Adam Thielen running pretty much wide open about 35 yards downfield. And he chose to throw it to uh, Rudolph on the 22-yarder. 
And you look at the replay and you think, ah, oh, Kirk, you missed a wide open Adam Thielen. What are you doing? Why? This is why you're not a good quarterback. You can't find the open guys. And it's, and it's just kind of pause. And, and Harlan pointed out, he said, in talking with Kirk Cousins this week, Cousins said, sometimes we just have to make the easier throw to keep sure. the drive going. I like that. When he takes a chance there to throw it to Adam Thielen deep, there's a chance that it could be underthrown. It could be picked off. He could mm-hmm. miss him. Mm-hmm. He's out those 22 yards. Absolutely. When you take an easier throw, a higher percentage throw, you get it to your tight end. You get 22 yards, a big chunk play there, mm-hmm. and you get to continue the drive, and they ultimately score on that first drive as it is. So I think Kirk is playing smarter where he knows he doesn't have to break out and, and be this big, big play guy all the time. Uh, but those smaller chunk yards, and on occasion when you get the ball to Delvin, he'll get you and gash you for 12, 16 yards. But it's not Kirk having to play more or play outside of what he needs to do to be efficient in the game. And I did see on a couple pass plays, like he did, you know, he is really working on getting out of the pocket and using his legs to make a little more time to get a receiver open. Um, the play action can will only help that, obviously. Um, but he, I mean, he, he is making strides and eventually come maybe coming up next week, he's going to have to get out of the pocket and scramble a little bit and make some plays with his legs to buy a little time to maybe have an Adam Thielen create space and get open rather than just, you know, a comeback route. Um, Kirk being a pocket passer, which he has been his entire career asking to do something um, that he's not used to is tough, but he, he has been creating a little more time for himself, which is phenomenal, especially with a, uh, a younger offensive line like we have and specifically in the passing game um re, on the defensive side of the ball we looked pretty darn good today especially with the uh, lack of experience in the secondary our linebackers really stepped up today eric wilson had 13 total tackles uh with a massive interception he has i believe the minnesota vikings have seven interceptions on the season and Eric Wilson has five? Uh, eight turnovers on the season it okay. is. And Eric Wilson has five of those turnovers. So Got a it. couple fumble recoveries and, uh, and a few interceptions with that. Chris Boyd, kind of a no-name uh, corner with 11 tackles today. Harrison Smith with a big, big day on the, on the tackling department. Ten tackles today. A pass deflection, a QB hit. And then Jeff Gladney coming off his game against Green Bay where he was kind of uh, – Coach, Coach Zim had a moment with him on the sideline where he was not very happy. And he's, again, alluded back to our last episode where he's really big. He's a grinder, right? Ups and downs, especially as a rookie. Big day today, seven tackles, kind of in on a lot of plays. Hit a, a, I think he saved a four or third down conversion uh, with a really nice tackle there. So, And then, obviously, Kendricks with the pick. So our guys are stepping up, um, the ones who need to at least, and our vets. Uh, I think – it's only going to benefit specifically and going back to what we talked about in our last episode next year with getting back to Neil, getting back Michael Pierce, getting back Anthony Barr, having an Eric Wilson, even though he's been on the team for a while, having him getting the snaps that he is and then having like a Chris Boyd with depth on the cor- and cornerback, having Jeff Gladney, obviously see more and more NFL uh, just playtime. It can yeah. only help him in the future. So our defense coming up is going to play again. We're not asking our defense to do, to do a ton um, specifically with the offenses we're going to see in the next few weeks. But from what we've seen and from what Zimmer has been able to do schematically, it's been uh, impressive to watch. Absolutely. And, and like you said, he's doing this, uh, you know, Chris Boyd, uh, uh, not a household name by any means, but, you know, if you've been following the Vikings and following us as, as closely as 
um, you know, as we do as, as just fans or as others, as, as more experts do. Chris Boyd, a second year guy out of Texas, um, you know, was battling to get on the team last year and kind of was had his ups and downs personally and had his ups and downs on the field. And um, to come out here and to play like he did uh, with the Vikings secondary, you know, very banged up and guys are out and to have he and then Jeff Gladney step up a, a, a rookie corner um, to be those starters on the outside. It's showing obviously number one, Zimmer's got to have some trust in them to be out there. But number two, they're making the most of this opportunity. Mm -hmm. um, Hercules Mataafa, another guy that is making the most of his opportunity where he was playing D tackle for the Vikings. They cut him. Cut him. Uh, and then they bring him back and move him to the edge spot because they lost in Gakwe uh, on top of Daniil. They said, you know, we need some edge players. And Mataafa, who is an undersized D tackle, decided to move him out there and he gets a half sack today on, on a really nice play um, early in the game to sack uh, Matt Stafford. So, you know, young guys are stepping up and are, are playing well uh, on the defensive side. And, and a lot of that, you know, we kind of talked about the scotch tape that was used last week. Mm -hmm. Really what you're doing is you're just getting guys comfortable and confident in their abilities. Uh, and when these young guys get confident in their abilities at, at this level, uh, they're very talented players and they're going to get some minutes and be able to really push forward. All righty. So I want to get into our uh, kind of a winner and surprise uh, segment here real quick. I know we're getting lengthy again, just because we want to talk so much about the Vikings win. Cause it doesn't come every week. That's for darn sure. My only quick question before we get into that, Alexander Madison, obviously some big running lanes to go through. So, but he, he looked damn good running the ball. Yep. Um, I'm always just, I was like being a futurist. I kind of like to look down the road. Do you try and sign him long term? Being seeing that we have Dalvin long term, locked yeah, up long term. I, I would. I, I'd get him on. He'll get a lighter deal. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I think you as the Vikings have a little bit of leverage with this because they can look back and say, "What'd you do for us?" You sure. know, with the Atlanta Falcons sure. when Dalvin was out. Mm -hmm. um, you know, and and the Vikings obviously as a whole, the team wasn't playing that well then, but. Madison didn't really, you know, show that he could do a ton. And even in these, you know, later parts of the game, um, today was another good example of it. It's a third and one, and he's not able to convert the uh, the first down, and so they have to go to fourth down and and give the ball to Detroit again to kind of, you know, at least have an opportunity to come back. So um, he'll get a lighter deal. It'll it'll be, um, you know, more of a team friendly one. But yeah, they they definitely should be bringing him back. So. Take a look at some winners here. Yes, sir. I'm going to go – I'll go my winner for the day is – I'm going to say – I'm just going to say Ezra because yeah. watching the highlights and or I'm going to call them lowlights from having Drew Samia in there and seeing what Ezra has been able to do in the running game and the lanes he's been able to create for Dalvin and at least the past two games going against Green Bay, solid defensive front. And then obviously Detroit with Everson being uh, nice and hyped for this game, the way he was able to play. I'm going to go Ezra to a uh, very solid game so far. For him. Yeah. Outside the obvious choice of Dalvin cook, my winner of, of the game is Eric Wilson. Mm -hmm. um, just playing absolutely fantastic football on the defensive side. Um, got another nice interception. He just undercuts those, those routes across the middle and um, finishes with 13 total tackles on the day. 
uh, eight solos with a half sack and uh, a QB hit along with that interception. So Eric Wilson was my winner on the day for the Vikes. For a surprise on the day, uh, I'm going to say, hmm, got some interesting surprises. Wow. Uh, can we on either side of the ball? Either side of the ball. Oof. I'm going to go. I'm going to go. Uh, I'm going to go Adam Thielen. Two catches for 38 yards. Um, I thought maybe they were going to let Kirk go a little bit more than they did. Uh, but from a fantasy perspective specifically, um, having Adam be your uh, wide receiver one or wide receiver two, definitely a surprise. He did get far- targeted five times, two catches, 38 yards. But um, when you're giving the ball you know, to the hot hand, like we talked about earlier, to Dalvin, you can't really hate that we are racking up the wins. It's just the fact that our, our studs on the outside being Justin Jefferson and Adam aren't getting the ball that much. That's good. Uh, my surprise is going to be Herb Smith Jr., a guy that we've been talking about all season, so not a surprise name, uh, but an incredibly efficient day. Two catches, 10 yards, two scores. Boom. Uh, his first two scores of the 2020 campaign and uh, one that we hope will get many, many more opportunities coming up through this year. So great day, a surprise, just because he got those scores there for me, uh, but a great day for Irv and Glad to see him get some success there in the goal, uh, goal line area. Irv Smith, just 22 years old, incredibly bright future, especially with kind of Rudy um, not necessarily falling off, but being the wily vet that he is. I think Irv um, being as agile and as explosive as he is, we can really make something of him and have him uh, blossom to an extraordinary tight end. My name is Todd. I am Shlomo. That is Danny. He is the semi-pro. Um I know a lot less than him, but I, you know, I try to, I try to keep up with his pace, but uh, thank you all so much for tuning in this week. And we will see y'all in a few days with our fantasy, more so kind of a fantasy segment um, winners and losers or sorry, winners and surprises and looking ahead to the Vikings bears game. So we're excited for that. And uh, yeah, have you all a great week. Thanks a lot.